if you've ever listened to a podcast or read one of my books and thought, I wish I knew if that was the right thing for my body, or how could I make that work with my schedule and responsibilities, I've got something for you. A new workbook by me coming out late spring. My Perfect Movement Plan, the Move Your DNA all-day workbook, is for your specific situation because you are going to finish writing it. When you're finished, you will have a guide to a personalized movement diet that nourishes your body in the ways that you need it to. My Perfect Movement Plan is available for pre-order now, and if you pre-order from the publisher, there's a bonus, a free ticket to an upcoming online workshop, Spot the Missing Micronutrients. It's a 90-minute class where you'll learn about five often missing movement micronutrients, and these are subtle movements of the body. In this case, we'll be looking in the shoulders and the hips and the feet that are often tied to pain or injury in those areas. In this workshop, I'll also show you how to supplement with exercise vitamins. I'm putting air quotes around vitamins and how to adjust your regular movement so exercise supplementation isn't as necessary. Pre-order now at mpmpbook.com. That's my perfect movement plan, mpmpbook.com, and you'll automatically receive a bonus class ticket. But wait, there's more. Um, I'm going to be drawing three names from these pre-orders, and these peeps are going to get a small group session with me to go over your perfect movement plan. So you can ask me questions, and we'll brainstorm your specific situation on a Zoom call together. I cannot wait. So head over to mpmpbook.com for all the details on the book and the bonuses. Read through the frequently asked questions, order the book, get the class, and then get moving. I'm so excited to share this workbook. It's the missing puzzle piece you've been waiting for, and it's so very actionable. Hi, friends. It's me, Katie. I want to explain how the Katie Says podcast is going forward in 2018. I've loved all my podcasts to date, but really doing a podcast for the sake of doing a podcast is not my style. I'm interested in one thing, and that's moving more. I'm interested in the effects of movement, understanding how movement works in the world, and the delineation of movement for the sake of better scientific investigations. But really, the point of knowing all that stuff is to help me, and you maybe, move more and move more of ourselves. I'm really interested in three areas of movement right now. How movement relates to nature, how it relates to community, and how movement relates to the shape of our habitat— That is, the clothing we wear, the shapes of our buildings, and the walkability of our cities, to name a few. For the next few months, I've decided to bring in people that are changing the world through their passions and skills, and who, at least from my perspective, are using movement to do it. These are not movement teachers. Most of them probably don't even view what they do in terms of movement, but I perceive it that way. And by interviewing them, I'm hoping to lead you to see the movement and what they're doing, too. To see movement outside of exercise is the key to transitioning away from being a sedentary culture. At the same time, I know you have questions. Many of you are navigating tiny aches and pains, feeling unable to move various parts of your body, let alone adding movement to various parts of your life. So every show, I'll be answering two or three listener questions. You can email them to podcast at nutritiousmovement.com. Then I'll conduct an interview with the purpose of learning some actions we can take or movements we can make right away. Every show then will leave you with some small exercises and some large non-exercise actions you can take into your life straight away.
If you're new to this show and want to catch up on some of the ideas we discuss, I recommend reading my book, Alignment Matters, and reading or listening to, they're available on Audible or iTunes, Move Your DNA and Movement Matters. These three books, Alignment Matters, Move Your DNA, and Movement Matters, are a sort of short series to give you a large context to bring to your listening. Also, creating a podcast is expensive. I've paid for it myself the last few years, but realized that I needed sponsors to keep it going. I wasn't super excited about having ads in the show. It felt off-brand to me, so I decided to think outside the sponsorship box. And I came up with this idea of a sponsorship co-op formed out of a handful of small North American companies making things I had used myself for years, items that have helped me and my family move more, products I've already been referring people to, So I'm excited to bring in this dynamic moving collective in 2018. Finally, one more change. The podcast name Katie Says came from my 10-year-old blog of the same name, a name that was sort of an in-house joke. Anytime someone learned a tidbit from my work, they'd spread it with a, well, Katie Says, much to the annoyance of their friends and family. Sorry, friends and family. Well, it's a great name, it's just not very descriptive for a person looking to learn more about movement as they scan various podcast databases. So I decided to change the podcast name from Katie Says to Move Your DNA with Katie Bowman. That's me. All of the podcasts will stay together on one page. Your subscription will automatically be updated. And P.S., if you haven't subscribed to the podcast or reviewed it even, these are great expense-free ways to support Katie Says. I mean the Move Your DNA podcast. Look for all of the changes in the next episode. Today, I'm visiting with a dear friend of yours and mine for our end of the year tradition. I am so stoked to kick off this 2018 podcast series, and I hope you're excited to listen. I can't wait to get moving more, moving more of me, and more of you moving. Okay, that's enough preamble. Let's get started. Katie Says Podcast, soon to be the Move Your DNA Podcast with Katie Bowman. I am Katie Bowman, fellow human, mover, mother, biomechanist, and author of Move Your DNA and a bunch of other books about movement. And I have a guest that I am certain will excite you, Danny Hammett. How the heck are you? Hello. Hi. I can hear people smiling from here. I can just hear all that. <laughs> yeah, we love Danny. Oh, I'm one of those smiley people. It's nice to hear your voice. Oh, my like goodness. Like in a conversation, not, <laughs> not just in a class or podcast, but it's just nice to talk with you. Do you listen to like the other podcasts and then just feel the need to just like throw yourself in there? You're like, hey, guys, hey, hey, I got something to say. Yeah, like I got a really good pun. I had a really good pun. to. Uh, we have, we have pun suffered. I mean, Stephanie has definitely she's she's just as wordsmithy as you are, but I Excellent. feel like I feel like we might be uh, like low on the pun count, which might which might be a please a lot of our other listeners. It, I, I was going to say know. a lot of people are probably like, oh, finally, yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's like you can't like uh, different strokes, different strokes, right. So what what's going on? What do you want to tell the people? What do I want to tell the people? Wow, I don't know. I'm just really enjoying my new, you know, kind of just switched gears and really busy. It's like I'm a movie producer. It's like I'm constantly going. 
But all is well. All is well in Danny land. I'm so glad. And I miss everybody too. It's like I, you know, I'm, I try and keep up with the calls and everything and you guys are awesome. And I hope everybody's doing well. Everyone is doing great. The podcast, like I just said, we're going from the Katie Says podcast to the Move Your DNA podcast. I think that's that's a wise and timely move. Yeah, Thank you. I think so. Yeah, I think it's a good decision. And also, we're kicking off a series of where I'm inter- I am interviewing. My husband was like, he was kind of worried that it would go a bit like that Saturday Night Live skit where Chris Farley is interviewing Paul McCartney. Did you ever see that? <laughs> He's like, oh. so, um, ah, oh, it's, you say that, like, all the love you take is <laughs> equal to the love you make. Oh my gosh. Is that I true? Think you're going to do, <laughs> I'm going to do, you're going to do way better than that. I think it's going to take me a few. So anyone out there, bear with me. I am used to being interviewed, not doing the interviewing. So this is like a good year to learn how to be a better listener. What kind of subjects are you going to interview? People who've done like the really large version of a movement that many of us are trying to do on a small version. For example, my first guest, which will be the next episode, is Jason Lewis, who was the first human to circumnavigate the planet. Human power. Human power. I can't wait. And so... Like as people are going, I really wanted to set off on a 20 mile walk. I think that, well, let's listen to the person who powered themselves around 13,000 miles or whatever it is, you know, just because I feel like they have a particular set of knowledge and wisdom that then maybe they can hand down like a mother bird, like chew it down and just give us a couple little bites. We're like, (laughs) great. Oh, I can't wait for the wisdom regurgitation. Yeah, right. There'll be a lot of hawking up. (laughs) <laughs> so it's it's just I'm just trying to find other voices who've done these things, you know, that we can get kind of theoretical about, but people who are more in in like a really big trench to then just make it seem just kind of to solidify that there there is amazing movements happening around the planet and we can start connecting them. So yeah, so I'm excited about that. That'll be I don't know how many episodes, but Yeah, but I wanted to wind up the Katie Says podcast with kind of our our end of the year tradition, Mm -hmm. which is to do this series of questions that I first got, I don't know, four or five years ago, I did an interview for, do you remember what it was called? Oh, it was, it was for the Enlightened Network, Enlightened Network podcast, I guess. Yeah. Something like that. Enlightened Networking. Yes. And she sent them out as like, hey, I do this at the end of every year. I kind of get a sense of reflecting on the previous year before before resolving. A lot of people are going to be resolving, um, setting resolutions for this time of year. It's kind of like a fresh slate, although we've talked about it before. I always think of like back to school as the true, like September to me is where I resolve. But at the end of the year, because we do this, we just kind of look back on what did we say last year we thought this year would be about? How well did it line up? And and I think you have to reflect on those triumphs. You know, you have to actually sit with it, physically write it down. So we asked... It's really helpful. It is, isn't it? I, and I agree with you. An eye-opening. I, I forget mm-hmm. things that I've done. I forget things that I thought I wanted to do. 
And then, of course, there's the things that I never get around to doing that I want to, that it's helpful for me to keep bringing up because eventually you go, okay, well, here's a five-year pattern. You've wanted to do this, but never have. So why? So yeah, we're going to do it. Excellent. I look forward to it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So I, I get to, in, you're just a guest. I get to interview you. You can just, <laughs> just sit back. Just so I have always, I have always just sat back just so you know. <laughs> I just thought we were just having a chat. Then carry on. Carry on carry as on. you were. Mm. Okay. So the first question, I feel like we're going to have so much to talk about. The first question, the, the, the name of this question series is completing and remembering 2017, we've kind of, I've always made it about your health or your movement. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can take these series of questions and do it for anything. You can just do it for completing and remembering 2017, but we're going to, I'm always thinking about like health or movement wise is, is how I'm framing these questions. So the first one is what was your biggest health triumph in 2017? For me, it was, I, really finally broke away from social media. I do a break in July for a month at a time. I did that last year and it was really good, but it just kind of like slowly crept back in. And so I did it this last July. And the funny part is, is that I got this job where I have to post on social media once a day during the school year. And I was like, oh, how am I going to do that? But after I took that month off, I just made a decision right then and there, like at the end of that July that I I really don't need to do this anymore, especially since I'm going to have to do it for this job once a day. And so I just go in once a day with my post already made up. So it's not like I linger while I create my post or whatever on Facebook and do it for my job. And then that's it. And it's just been like, so huge. Like I, I just don't do Instagram anymore. I don't do Facebook. I don't tweet and I don't know. I mean, for a while, it's kind of, I felt that I was, you know, that fear of missing out a little bit, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. now it's just a part of my life to not have it in my life anymore. It's like the good old days. (laughs) Just like a habit. Yeah. For me, it's been huge. And now it's just simply that five minute a day or less tool that I have to do for my gig. And that's, that's it. It's not, it's, and it's not about me. That's the other thing. Is because I'm posting on behalf of a school and what's going on at the school. So it's kind of cool to just like take the me out of it and just be about, you know, this mission of what's happening. How about you? What was your biggest health? Wait, what? First, I have to like, I just have a picture of you loitering on Facebook. Like if Facebook had a corner, you would just be like <laughs> against it. Like I'm not lurking around. I'm not loitering. I'm getting in. I'm getting out. It's not about me. Yeah. It's seriously like embarking and disembarking on a subway or something. I'm just like, I'm in and out. And and I just keep my head down while I'm in there. And it's been huge. And sometimes like I, if I'll go in and I'll see, oh, you have, you know, 30 new notifications or whatever, and I'll start to check. And then I just, I realize that's how it draws me back in. Sucks you in. Yep. It's not that I'm really ignoring anybody and I love everybody. I just don't feel the need to live there anymore. That's the way it kind of went for me. Love it. Yeah. For me, I just put my birthday walk. Oh, that was cool. Which was, yeah, it was like 46 miles in two days, maybe in a little bit more. And so, yeah, that was, it was a lot of mileage. You know, I had done a long one the year before, but the thought of having, and you recover from the long one the next day, you can definitely feel it. So the idea of waking up to do another long one the second day, I think was. What was that like? 
like waking up and thinking, oh, I mean, how did you, what was going on in your head? Well, the first year I did 30, I think I ended up doing something like 36 miles, 36 or 37 miles in one day. And I had that ankle that just wasn't aligned very well. And so I I beat it up to the point, I think I might've even like given myself a precursor to a stress fracture. I don't know if there's an actual stress fracture, but there was definitely some swelling. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't walking really well the next day and it took a few days for things to smooth out. And then that ankle kind of bugged me for a good couple of months, but I sorted out what the issue was. I sorted out the issue of the shoes and the movements that my ankle was and wasn't capable of doing. And I just fixed that. So the next time I had no foot issues at all either day. So it wasn't actually a big deal at all. It was a mental game. I, it was a problem for me mentally because I was like, what's it going to be like to get up the next day? Because I was comparing it to the year before. But because I did my leg work, wink, uh-huh. wink, uh-huh. it wasn't uh, <laughs> It wasn't even an issue. That's cool. I just got up. And the first day was freezing rain. So it was about 17 miles the first day. And then the second day was close to 30 so yeah, it was wow, fine. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I hope to get to go on one of those with you sometime. I'm going to do another one. March 4th is coming up. So yeah, definitely. It's definitely something we can get together and do. You'll be like Forrest Gump. You'll just have all these people trailing behind you, you know. <laughs> I am like Forrest Gump. What do you mean? I, well, <laughs> well, you said it. I didn't. <laughs> that's right. And we appreciate it. <laughs> one thing that I've never done before is pulled up my answers from previous years before doing this. But do you remember what your intention for 2017 was that you set at the beginning of last year? Oh, I think so. Wasn't it? I was going to walk 2017 miles or something like that. I can't no. remember. I didn't I didn't look at my answers this year. That is so weird because... Pull up. You said you were going to do a pull up this year. That was the year, the second year you were going to try to do a pull up. Oh, so geez. the reason I thought it... This is because I called you Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because... There's a, a man who, I think he's a listener, and he's also he's also a writer, but he uses his blog to talk a lot about him kind of transitioning and doing more movements. Uh-huh. And he wrote a blog post called I Did a Chin-Up. Who is this? I mean, his name is Philip Brewer. I Philip. You, go- you do? Yeah, he speaks like Esperanto. He's awesome. He's great. He is very awesome. So Philip Brewer posted a blog post, and the blog post is like, it's not even a paragraph long. I just, I love it so much. And it was called, I did a chin up and the blog post essentially says for the first time since elementary school, I did a pull up and there's a couple other sentences and it's like, and all it took was three years of, <laughs> of wow. ceaseless, of ceaseless work. And so I just, okay, then I need to talk to him because that's part of my problem is the ceaseless work part. <laughs> did a chin up. He did a chin up. Good job, Philip. Let's move, Good job, let's Philip. move forward but away I, from that. You're like, no, be quiet. Okay. What was the smartest health or movement decision you made in 2017? Oh, that one was easy because it's been an interesting year for health for me. I got a new dog. I have one old dog and one cold dog who doesn't like to go out walking in the cold in the morning. And so I got a another dog <laughs> who oh, has just... to walk. He just has this kind of energy and he has to go and move like seriously every day. And because my schedule changed with working 40 hours a week, I was always an early riser anyway. 
but now I have to get up. He makes me walk every morning. Even though I have to get up at 4.30 in the morning, I do it because this dog needs it so badly. I need it, but I would find a way with this new schedule to kind of be like, ah, I don't, I'm too tired. I don't have time. It's extra early, but he makes me do it. Good one on you, Ruben. That's like that's actually a great strategy for parents or actually anyone who is like, how can I get my partner or my kids to move more? It's like act like a dog, mm. like just every morning go into their room at 5 a.m. and start poking your nose into them and just go. <laughs> yeah, like chew up their stuff. And- little whining and uh, yeah, yeah, just um. <laughs> You know, yeah. just make make it so uncomfortable for them to not go with you that they're like, fine. Yeah, it, it would be detrimental they, if I didn't walk this dog every day. It's good so make it, yeah, make it so that it's detrimental if they don't go with you. <laughs> Chew up How their stuff. About, yeah. What about you? You will love this. And I think just you alone could super appreciate it. I came up with and actually set in motion a new book. Oh, my God. And then I canceled it. <gasps> what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still writing the books. This was an extra book. This was a <laughs> Hail Mary in, in before, like right before 2017 was over. I was like, oh my gosh. And I had a thing. It's going to be so great. And it's going to be so easy. Uh, and I just got it in and I pushed it through, you know, and then I just, <sighs> I saw my own behavior and I canceled it. Wow, that's pretty this good. This just happened within 48 hours. It's within 48 hours that I made this a 2017 improve my health decision. How do you so, feel yeah. about that decision? Uh, fantastic. Good for you. Fantastic. And then my husband's like, yeah, good decision. And I was like, why didn't you say that as I was like ramping it up? He's like, because you can't tell, I no one can tell you what to do. Like you have to do it. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, oh, I did. Really I canceled the book. Thank you. I'm proud of myself as well. And it's not that I'm not even going to do it. It's just like, I'm not going to do it right now in a way that makes stress or chaos the momentum for my work. Mm. Like I'm going to have to actually become less lazy and manifest my creativity in a different way. Wow. And it's that's going to have cool. to be a nun. Yeah. So we'll see. It could be that this book never gets written now, but whatever. Okay. Well, what single word best sums up your 2017 like health or movement experience? Okay. I'd like to say the single word, but my answers that are coming after this will explain it. So don't make me explain Mm -hmm. this word, okay? Okay, okay. My one word that best sums up uh, this 2017 health experience, it's confounding. Go. I don't even (laughs) want you to explain it. Well, mine, I could say something similar to mine, but it's essentially grieving. Wow. Yeah. Are you not, are you going to just not, okay. No, I thought it was like, if you're not going to live right, I'm not going to, no. no. <laughs> and, and actually it's interesting. Some of my subsequent questions will also explain okay. it. Okay. Well, yeah. 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 Okay. I'm cool. I can Let's wait. do it. Let's do it. Right. Let's let it happen. Let's let it happen naturally. Okay. Greatest lesson about health you learned in 2017. Okay. So this is part of the explanation. And I know that you've said this and I've said it, but when you live it, it's kind of like your husband not being able to tell you to not write the book. <laughs> you have to figure stuff out sometimes on a cellular level. My greatest lesson was you cannot bank health. Yeah. Dang that's it. So that's so true. You cannot do it. I just think for the last, what, seven, eight years since I've been doing your work, that's really all I've been doing. 
is just, you know, getting to a much better spot. And I was, but then with this new gig, I had to let some of that fall off and I got into some old patterns and it was just weird to have some stuff that I had shrugged off eight years ago come back because of old movement patterns. You're just never over, you're never to a place I think where you can sit back (laughs) and loiter in the corner. I mean, you really, it's, it's always an active thought and motion towards your health. Yes. And I think that that, that's so profound because that is one of my big issues with movement as therapy or movement as medicine versus movement as nutrition. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, nutrition is like, hey, these things go away from adding these in to your daily diet forever and ever. Because if they're not there, the same issue arises. And so, so many people are struggling to fix their physical structures through a short bout of therapy. And then when they don't see things get better or get better, but then come back to where they were, once they've not stopped with the inputs, then they think that there was an issue with the therapy rather than going, well, it's just like nutrition. You have to, you have to keep doing it, you know? So yeah, you can't just eat vitamin C one time. It just doesn't work that way, but no, no, yeah, it was really, and I know that, but actually to see it happen, mm. like, Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> she does know what she's talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like you get it. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's real. <laughs> Okay, you ready for mine? Yes. This is the greatest health. This is the greatest lesson. And I think it's, you could say it's about health. It's really for me about everything. But ever since everything is the environment for my physical structure then and my mental structure, then, then uh, this is what I learned. It's a flow chart. It's a flow chart I saw in a presentation. The flow chart was, do you have a problem? No? Then why are you worrying? Do you have a problem? Yes. Can you do something about it? Yes. Then why are you worrying? Mm. And do you have a problem? Yes. Can you do anything about it? No. Then why are you worrying? Mm. And it just, I don't know why, maybe I like geeky diagrams, but it basically helped me see the difference between taking action to solve something and expressing or expending a lot of personal worry or internal negativity and having constant turmoil and mistaking that for taking action like that, like the right. thinking about it and, and, and ruminating on it was in fact improving the situation when it doesn't, wasn't impacting the situation at all, much to my own physical detriment. So now I just have really come to see like deep seated discontent as a separate issue from what's going on externally. And I know that that's probably the foundational tenet for a lot of ways people are pursuing their lives. But for me, I just needed this flow chart and I was like, oh, this, this part doesn't have to be tied to working towards improving the situation. So that was powerful for me. That's, that's good. I'm happy for you. I feel like I used to really know that, but it kind of faded. Like the more, you know, then you're like, Oh my God, (laughs) you know? And then, then it's like, wait a minute. minute." It's always changing though. Sure. Sure. I saw a quote years ago, like four years ago that said, worry 
has never fixed anything. And I just like, it just hit me. It's like, huh? Yeah. You know, action cures fears. It is a huge energy suck internally. Well, especially if you're not processing like what you're going Mm -hmm. to do about it. You know what I mean? Like if you're just right. So I I just was like, okay, wait, stop. Hold on. Wait, what action were you proposing? You know, like, okay, that's awesome. And and also verbalizing in the beginning of Movement Matters, I had heard Ashley Judd one time say like to point out an issue without also simultaneously proposing a solution was, you know, a particular form of, I don't know what she called it, if it was like abuse or whatever. But I was like, oh, okay. So then when I have that feeling of like, oh, I want to change this. It's like, okay, well then sit down. What's the action that I propose? And then the, the negativity that I feel about it is converted into the steps that I think would solve it. So I, did, I don't know. It was, it's just been helpful for me personally. Excellent. That is good. Okay. Most loving service you performed in 2017. Okay. That was just being really present and loving and patient with two teenagers because it, it requires, and you will see, it requires I know, right? a lot of love. And fortunately, I remember what it was like to be a teenager. Like it hasn't really left my head at all. It's a little bit easier for me to remember and understand what's going on, but it can really be rough on you as a parent, no matter how awesome your kids are, because it's just part of the natural human progression. I mean, I, I think at this point, the things they go through as teenagers is really nature's way of helping us let go of them because mm. up until they became teenagers, I would look at them every day and think, I love their little faces so much. How would I ever live without them? I loved it. Oh no, I'll die if they move away. <laughs> then they hit teenagers and you're like, yep, that's okay. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> you I'm can good. go and I will live without you. <laughs> I really think that's the progression. It's just nature's way of holding our hand and saying, you'll be fine. Right. That is it. That is, I think, because it requires a lot of love and a lot of presence. Are they aware of your love and presence? I guess. Yes. That's the thing is, is even when they're saying get away, you kind of just have to be there anyway. Oh, you know, this is just hearing that. It, it doesn't change my answer. My answer is the same, but I see my answer in a different way. So for me, it was, I'm going to cry. If I cry, just go with it. It's, it was midwifing basically the death of my father. Mm. And it's that same for me. It was, you know, especially coming from the so much work in the birth and the first few moments of a life coming in, you know, and all the different ways that that can be. And then to see basically the bookend of that is not something that a lot of people have experienced. I certainly, a lot of people maybe in listening to this podcast, there are certainly plenty of people all around the world who have been in that role multiple times, but it's kind of something that in our culture isn't as prevalent. So, and and it was like an at-home death. It was kind of like a bookend of like, if you call it, consider like a home birth. Mm -hmm. So it was a non-medicalized home death very peaceful but but having all of these same movements like of tremendous love or space for basically the experience that the person was going to have and to observe it and to be there to respond to it but to not direct it with how I felt 
it should go. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and so, so like, it's just, it's like a cycle. It's a cycle. And you're like, you have a kid you're like, Oh, this is what love is. And then you have a teenager and then you're like, Oh no, well, this is what love is. And then to become the adult child yeah. as a parent, wow. is leaving, and you're like, Oh, Oh, this is, this is what love is. And it's all of I it. I know so many faces. Wow. It's all the, it's all the faces of it. And you get the full picture of the capacity for it by moving through all of the phases. So yeah, so that was forever transformative. Wow. So what was your biggest piece of unfinished health or movement business in 2017? All right. Well, I'm going to have to say the pull up. This is like three (laughs) years running. Uh, It's just, oh, I have to talk to Philip because it's just... I find it so dreary to work on it. Like, it's just not, and I have to make it interesting. Well, I found out this spring that I was trying to do a pull-up and that it's starting with a chin-up was easier. Is that true? Because I was showing somebody what I was doing and she's like, oh, well, try it underhand and, and that's easier. So that was one thing that I did change, but I didn't complete that. And I didn't work that hard on it. So there, that explains why I didn't complete it. This is no I mystery. I didn't worry about it, though. So that's good. There you go. Also, I had set out to walk and document on Instagram my 2017 miles. And I stopped the same time I got my job. So my, you know, my available hours kind of shifted to walk that amount of time every day. Because it had to be like five and a half miles, seven days a week to make that happen. So that shifted the available time. And then also I stopped documenting. So I still was walking every day, just not that huge amount. And who knows, maybe someday I'll achieve it and some not, but that's, that's unfinished for me. I did not complete that. And I'm usually pretty good at completing those big hurricane things like that. Well, we all have to have a mountain. Yes. How about you? What's your unfinished health business? Well, I was kind of looking back at last year and <laughs> I didn't give up coffee. Like, like, not like, like, I didn't even come close to it. I didn't even try. It was, it was, it was, it just, it didn't even fall off my radar. I took it off my radar Mm -hmm. as a conscious choice. So, so yeah, I mean, some of the other things that I planned and intended to do, they happened, but, uh, but not that, not that stimulant Mm -hmm. for me. Like I'm still unable to execute my daily life without it so it'll still be something i'm paying attention to yeah i did grind it by hand i ground it by hand that's good i definitely worked to reduce the amount of outsourced work associated with it Mm -hmm. and and oh you know we went to new zealand for a couple months and we took portable cups so we used zero paper cups for two months like we didn't use i don't think we used any this whole year so that's awesome Stuff tied around the coffee was definitely altered, but I'm still zeroing in on the coffee. It was an intense year. So I, well, I actually would like to thank coffee. I'd like to thank coffee yeah. for getting me through 2017 this year. I, I feel completely gra- grateful to it. I have to tell you, I got off it for like three or four months. And then when I started this new job, after a month or three weeks into the job, I started coffee again. Mm-hmm. Like it just, and I'd like to thank coffee too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and all the people and all of the people and labor that goes yes, into it. You. I mean, it's not even the coffee. It's the fact that this life's work. Right. I'm so grateful to it. And I know that changing my relationship with it is in the future. And it's always conscious as I'm 
participating in that cycle. And so I'm going to be grateful for it and also continue to strive to deal with my own heavy preferences, right? That I'm unable to negotiate. Like that's always a a personal effort that I'm trying to make. So coffee, you're on the list still. (laughs) What about your health or movement are you most happy about completing in 2017? Okay. This isn't like huge, but it kind of was for me. So I stopped dyeing my hair, right? I think before the end of 2016, like I made this decision to do this. And then it took until like late this summer to have all the dye job grown out. I think it's just growing out the dye job and letting that white and silver show has been awesome for me. I have dyed my hair kind of reddish for like 20 some years. And then once I let my hair grow out, I realized I did not look good as a redhead. Like my natural color, the color I was born with made my skin look the best and most glowy. And I just, I look younger, even though I have gray hair, I look younger in my opinion. Like I just saw you, you do. Oh my God. Like it's it's so weird. Like, yeah, that's the color your skin is supposed to. Exactly. And so against your hair, warm and glowy. Had I, I, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda, but I'm just so happy I did it now. And you know, people said, Oh, you should color it. So you don't have any transition. And you know, last year you're like, there's no ugly transition. It's just transition. So just, right. I just let it be a transition. I took pictures. I enjoyed every minute of it. I never once was like, ah, I just was present and loved it. And now I'm so happy I did it. I loved it. That was my big, big thing. I mean, because it wasn't really so much, yeah, it's physical health. Cause you're not coloring your hair and you're not buying all these chemicals and stuff. But at the same time, I think, and also really you're more am- comfortable. With, you're more comfortable with who you are. Yeah, yeah. Accepting. How about you? What was your? What are you most happy about completing? <laughs> I was when I was reading that question. I was like, does that mean that you're like, thank goodness this is over, or like, <laughs> or just the fact that like, I did you made it. it through? Yeah. So I think it's it was two months of basically living out of a suitcase with two small kids or two young kids, you know, they're five and six, so they're not Mm -hmm. like toddlers anymore. But yeah, two months of, of uncomfortable living, like in single, it wasn't hotels. It was, I mean, sometimes it was tents. Sometimes it was a small studio apartment, you know, like, and just being completely, because we went out of the country. So just, just that. And um, it was uncomfortable. And I don't mean unpleasant. The discomfort was planned and welcome. But I am glad that I completed it. Like as a family unit, we negotiated tiny living without very many of our comforts, although mm-hmm. with full acknowledgement that we are heavily comforted all the time, even when we're going like without our comforts. But just just being slightly outside of this comfort zone and the, and the awareness that it brings. Like, so I was glad to make it through that and be back home now. We just got back. So it's just kind of still a... Two weeks today. So, oh, cool. so yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we did it. Awesome. I'm glad it's over <laughs> and I'm glad we did it and we might do it again. Oh, good. Who are the three people that had the greatest impact on your health 2017? Okay. Or your movement? Yes. So my daughter and my son and my father-in-law, and I will tell you why. My, my daughter just, uh, like, she just has listened when I've been always, you know, keep your feet, edges of your feet straight. Like she listened about that stuff. So watching her transition that way and grow up with that kind of stuff on her belt has been really good for me. And not just a pat on the back, but also just like, you know, keep doing what you're doing for yourself. 
because you can see the difference it's making for her. So that was good. My son, who actually can do many pull-ups, like he set out to do them and he's so driven that now he's just like all lean and muscly and can do many pull-ups over and over again. I'm going to ask him to actually coach me in my <laughs> in my pull-up adventures and my father-in-law because he got really sick. He's 84 and it has always been in very good mental and physical health, always taking care of himself, always moved all the time. And he got pancreatic cancer and he was supposed to be dead already. And because of his mental and physical attitude and some, you know, great surgery, he is still alive. And it just, it's good to look at him. I was with him in Mexico last month and he wanted to go and ride ATVs through the jungle. Mm. And, you know, he'd just gotten out of cancer surgery two months before. For me, that's, you know, just seeing that mental attitude of, you know, just let's keep doing stuff. Let's keep moving. Uh, is good for me. So he's been very inspiring to watch. Who are your three people? Well, I'm thinking again, because it's again, it's like a bookend almost to your answer or we're just on the same page. I talked earlier that grief was my word for this year. And that's because I lost three people within six weeks, I think. So my father passed away, who was almost 90, just to kind of get a sense right. of the spectrum of the experience, right? So so there's like a spectrum, definitely. So it was my father who was 90, my best friend who was 50, who had cancer. And then the other patriarch, he's not my father-in-law, but he's my sister's father-in-law, the other family patriarch who was still, he like moved into living off of the land, like sometimes just living in a, like a teepee or a, oh, wow. a cloth shelter when he was in his forties and was still sighing. He was, I think 87 or 88. He and, he and my dad were very similar in age and they all three passed away within six weeks and they all had different elements that really impacted, I guess, my health in the way that how I was afterwards, not, not just that they impacted it when during their process, because I was so integral with the process of at least a couple of them, but just in like the understanding that came after the fact of, you know, my dad, who was 90, you know, he was like taking supplements when he was 30. His, his mother, my grandmother was like a super health nut kind mm-hmm. of back in the 60s and 70s. So like, he took like 12 supplements a day and he exercised every single day. And he had what we, I think on all perceptions to be a very stressful life. He was an air traffic controller, right? So like that's oh, the wow, yeah, stressful job, <laughs> I think statistically. Smoker. He was also a crop duster like in the DDT era. Oh so gosh. he was just open cockpit DDT for decades. Oh my gosh. I don't think he smoked while he was spraying DDT, but I'm not sure that he wasn't, you know. And then he had 10 kids. So it's like, as far as like all of the things that we would say are hyper stressful, Mm -hmm. he had them all, but he was just a very lighthearted, generous, funny, positive Mm. person who did not worry. I mean, and like, even at the point where he's like landing airplanes and dealing with catastrophes and stuff, he didn't have a lot of like negative processing and turmoil. He was just fixing the problems as they came in and he did not have an issue with like that inner voice or whatever. Like he just doesn't, he didn't have that. So, you know, 90, 
Yeah, and like someone really choosing to be like, I'm good, here I go. And then, you know, to someone who has cancer and is not ready to go, but who is accepting, going through this period of acceptance. So I just, after after this year, I just, one, I recognize the gift that every minute is and and everything that I do, I mean, I'm just like, is this like the most authentic version of what I want to be doing? What I actually would say is a way that I behave. So it's just been a way to calibrate my own behavior, my own thoughts, the way I prioritize things. So they impacted me in 2017, but definitely also going forward. It's just a huge perspective to have so much transition in a short period of time of lots of different types. So I'm definitely grateful. Mm-hmm for this year. Yeah. It's been kind of an intense year. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, so I'm going to give my answer for the greatest health risk and you can, I'll ask you after it's related because there was so much travel involved. My dad was here with me, but my friend wasn't. And my brother died too within, this is so much personal information, but within also the year before about seven months before my dad. So I think I counted and it was like 36 flights. Wow. Within 12 months. And that wasn't even for only like for work. I might have left some work ones out of there. And it was just like, I feel so, I know people travel professionally on planes, but it was, that was, it was risky. It was taxing for Mm. sure. I don't know if they, that's what they mean by the question, but I felt like it was risky to do that much, not the flying, but like, it's three hours to an airport from here. And like just the standing oh, sure. and, and, and the driving around, it was just, and I, and I would have easily done it again, but it was taxing. Mm-hmm. What about you? And I think that question could be interpreted in however you want. I think before I've taken it to mean like, Ooh, what exciting thing did you do? That was scary. Right, right, but, right. but this year I interpreted it that same way as you, like something that was really taxing on my health and it was getting a full-time job. because I have worked from home and kind of kept my own schedule for the last, what, 15 or so 20 years. And having to be somewhere for a time at a time has been really intense. And I'm fortunate in that my job is so varied, like I'm never sitting for any period of time. I, you know, I have a standing workstation, I can have all my gear there and my rock trays and my calf stretch and you know, wear what I want. So I don't have to, I can't go barefoot, but you know, just wear what I want because it's casual. So that part's been cool, but it's just, it's been huge. Like getting text neck from being at my computer too long or holding a phone between my shoulder and my head, you know, when I'm in my office. And so that's been, that's been really intense. And why it is intense, I think is because you don't realize how, how, or I didn't, how much your old patterns related to your stress can come into things. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I'm good at my job and it's exciting and creative and varied and I'm never bored. But when the pressure comes in, I started getting lower back pain. I'm like, why? My back hasn't hurt in like eight years since I started doing Katie stuff. What is the deal? But I was tucking my pelvis you know, my, my psoas was shortening in response to this stress and it wasn't anything that was precipitated by a conscious thought. It was just a natural, regular human reaction. And so my body was following suit and all these, these problems that I'd gotten rid of. That's why I said you can't bank health. And that's part of why it was so confounding for my one word 
because it's like, wow, all this, these things I'd gotten away from, but a month and a half of doing something stressful or high pressure. And we fall back into those patterns that we'd so very carefully thought we'd trained ourselves out of constant vigilance. That was a long answer, huh? (laughs) Well, you're, you're explaining another one. And I think too, for the people listening, you know, I think there is, there's always two things going on when you, when you start to move differently or hold yourself differently. It's easy to do that within the space of like exercise class or exercise time, because that's what you're doing, you know? So it's hard to delineate what is beneficial. Is it the physical adjustment of the body or is it the awareness or is it the fact that you're clued into your body that you're paying attention to your body right so there's right. two things going on that are beneficial and and they might both be necessary so as we try to figure out how to move differently within a life that we're not changing much of the environment we're just trying to change how we behave within it mm-hmm. we might have some of the position down, but we don't have some of the attention down. Right. Right. So that's maybe that's what we call stress is things that are distracting us or taking us away from paying attention to all parts of ourselves. So mm. it's, I find delineation of things very interesting because we tend to see the benefit of what is most easily seen and measured like pelvic tilt and rib position. The things that you can't see are the things that are almost impossible to measure and I think are going to stay outside of the arena of scientific knowledge for a long time for that reason that you can't measure the health benefits of having this space to listen or pay attention to your own body. Like how do you, so that seems to be necessary, but I don't know how you quantify it to the point where it actually is given a weighted value to go, no, really, you might want to con- just just in the way that we would make space for all sorts of dietary and even mechanical nutrients because we can distribute them and see them. And so, yes, get your desk set up so that you've got your healthy food in the kitchen and your ergonomics, you know, just right. But that other thing, which is like, maybe you need space to not have to operate inside this box all the time is is going to take a while to come back in. So yes. Anyway, that was just a ramble. Sorry. Ramble <laughs> okay. Biggest health surprise in 2017. And it better be a pull up. It, it, <laughs> it wasn't, it's not even a fun surprise. Like if this jumped out at a cake at me, I would send that cake back. I got diverticulitis. Oh which my is, goodness. I know. And it's, it was so, that's where the other part of the confounding comes in. It's like, what? Because I was reading up on it and a way, the way to prevent it is like a high fiber diet and regular exercise. And that has been like my life. I have been concerned about fiber and my digestion since I was like 12. <laughs> it's always wow. been really, I am the most, I mean, when I told my husband that he's like, you're the most high fiber person I know. <laughs> so that was weird. And then I was reading that. of people over 40 have it. That's a huge statistic, I think. And so that was confounding. It's like, well, I've done all this stuff that I thought was, you know, right and was feeling right and how that happens. And it's a recent diagnosis. So I'm kind of still just like, you know, grappling with that. Surprise. Wow. How about you? (laughs) For me, what was my biggest health surprise? This one feels 
like a different type of interpretation of the question. For me, it was playing with my sleep in a different way that like I'm often tired, especially when the sun goes down, like to go to bed at 7.30 with my kids is what feels most natural. But that when I do, I wake up at like three, perfectly wide awake, and I could actually be awake from that time on. Or if I just really, really pay attention to how I feel, that I can be up from like three to five, Mm -hmm. then go back to bed from five until 6.30 or seven. And, and, And have like, I've been playing with that like that would just seem so wrong to me. Like, oh my gosh, I, I got to get all this sleep and I got to get back to bed. But I just found that this is this natural rhythm that I have at this time in my life, at this season, at this age. And it's been fantastic to go like, wow, I have three to 5 a.m. as like quiet middle of the night time for me to do a lot of those things for myself that I don't normally get a chance to do, read, make a really gorgeous cup of tea and curl up with a blanket. Like I'm getting my self-care mm-hmm. in the middle of the night and it's not like I'm dragging myself right. awake. Like tuning into that biorhythm has been amazing. That's really cool. I We've talked about a book before that I really liked. And it was about this guy that lived among a tribe in the Amazon. And he would talk about how they would get up like at one in the morning. They go to bed, you know, as soon as the sun went down and then they would get up and they would sit around and eat and chat a little bit for a few hours and, you know, kind of just be, have a, like a gentle time and then go back to bed. And that was really for them, the natural way of, of their sleep pattern. And it wasn't unusual. It was just part of the culture. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it's just, uh, that might be just the way humans originally I mean, or just within, that's how humans behave within this an environment that's got a lot of movement, a lot of temperature variation, a lot of... Who knows? Well, there's all this kind of stuff about the plants and how they're measuring circadian rhythms and how we're measuring it and all of the, what's the word, interference that we have in the way that we measure circadian rhythms. And so it's like, no wonder sleep is so therapeutic because it's might be completely off, you know, like in the way that nutrition could be off or there's these elements that you're missing, things you're getting too much on that, that sleep has that huge capacity for so many people to be a solution. Yeah. What's the book? Do you remember what the book's called? I think we even have it in the notes of one of the podcasts we talked about. I cannot remember. Let's add it. We'll add it to the show notes. We'll figure out what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's in one of our old show notes, but it's a very good book. Okay. What important relationship improved most this Mm. last year. Okay. So this goes back to two questions ago when you talked about giving yourself the space to figure out what's going on. For me, it was my understanding of those innate responses to situations that were high pressure or stress and pretty much my breath, like being in tune with that. And so instead of, yes, I fell into old patterns of movement and how my body responded, but because of how I've been living the last eight years, I, I was able to key into it right away. Like it wasn't a mystery what was happening. It was like, Oh, that's what I'm doing. And so immediately I wanted to tune into that and give that space to, to not happen. So that's been really cool. Like I've, I've just been able to feel things happening like, Oh, you know, my, my head's sliding forward. And that's why I've got a headache for the first time in seven years or whatever what's going on in my mind, like emotionally that makes that happen? Am I just not paying attention? 
Am I feeling under pressure? What is it? Like, I feel like I have this bigger toolkit to not just position myself correctly, but to pay attention, like what precipitated that? What made that happen? And how do I deal with it? I like it. So you're basically your relationship improved with yourself, which is, which is, I mean, it's a similar, I had a similar answer, which is like the relationship that improved for me the most this year was the one between me and the voice in my head. That is not me. And like, so I just keep saying that, like the stuff that you hear, like that's, it's not you. It's you are, you know, the person watching or listening or observing that, that voice in your head. And so for me, keeping those two separate has been very, very helpful. Mm. Compliment that you would have liked to receive, but didn't. Um, mm, You smell like campfire smoke. (laughs) I was, I was, I was not outside enough at all this year. Mm. Lots of stuff uh, happened and I just didn't take the reins of it. So that was, that was not a good one for me. What was your compliment you would have liked to receive, but didn't? So, so here's the thing. So I tried to write a few of them, but most of them just came out. Like I couldn't phrase them in a way that was positive. They all felt negative to me. So I didn't answer it. That's a tough one. In fact, when I was reading that it's like you know we should maybe squeeze in there you know what compliment did you receive that you well that's what I, I mean that's what I was like yeah, I abstain from reading I abstain yeah. from answering this because to force me to answer it is to force me to kind of muster negativity and I don't need to do that right yeah and so I left it blank take that Miss huh. Hubbard <laughs> <laughs> well my other one was what an incredible pull-up and then I was like no nah, it yeah. just bums me out <laughs> and, 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 and again because it's self you know it's like self deprecating yes. like it just I'm just gonna I well, just let's just free- change that let's just change let's that. leave it no let's leave it and just feel okay not answering it okay like that's the whole point like you're not going to be able to eliminate the negativity but you don't have to engage in it ah okay what compliment would you have liked to have given to gave <laughs> if, if you will <laughs> you sure know how to put up a tent <laughs> that goes back to my I just wasn't outside enough <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're ups- uh, you're outside the amount that you could be this year. Yes. So well done, you. What do you need did to you, say? Wait, did you answer that or did you are you skipping that one too? <sighs> you can skip it. I'm skipping it. Because I feel like the comp, like, I, if, if I recognize right now that I didn't give a compliment, I'm just going to go give it. I don't okay. need to fill in as a question on a podcast. Got it. What else do you need to do or say to be complete with 2017? Okay, this is one always confounds me. Confounding so, is a big word for you. Yeah, I like it. It's a big one. I just have a picture of you loitering confused I, somewhere on Facebook. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but confounded is different because you're just like, how did this happen? <laughs> right, right, right. So I would say for me, it's like, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, mm. just keep swimming. It's like this this journey, you just have to keep doing one foot in front of the other, no matter what happens. Like you're never going to be complete. You're never going to reach the peak. And it's just this journey. So you just, you know, just keep on going. Yeah. How about you? For me, it's uh, do your own work. Do your work and I'll do mine. Ah. Okay. We're going to we're gonna have to go fast through 2018. I know. We've I know. loitered. We've loitered a long time. So good news, 2018. I think I know who the loiterer is, but go ahead. <laughs> how did I get into Facebook? I'm just like confounded what? how I got how, here. How, what? <laughs> okay. What would you like your biggest health triumph in 2018 to be? Pull up. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good answer. 
I think you should just get like like C instead of just pull up for everything. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I I am planning a monthly twenty mile walk. Oh, as guacamole. as a treat for myself. So just do I I've done one already. To just, you know, before it would be like a, an annual thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, this could be like a monthly thing, which That's gets me a little cool. closer to my natural movement pursuance as far as all the categories. So, yes, one long 20 mile or maybe not long, just 20 miles sufficient walk. Sounds good. Health advice you want to give yourself for 2018? Oh, yeah, I got it. Keep up the water drinking. That's been good. Stay away from sugar, also been good. And go back to meditating because I let that mm. fall off my What's that? my radar. I was doing so well with it and it was huge impact for me last year. And then I just was like, I don't have time for that. I'm okay now. I'm, I'm good. What about you? Put in the pause, which is a, a bit of advice that I got from someone, which is like, I, I'm like a hyper producer again, as I've talked about before, but even more than I produce actual stuff, I produce ideas about stuff. And what happens is when I get an idea, like I immediately want to set it in action. But I just recognize now that it's a tactic to keep me from finishing up other things. So just putting in the pause and write down the idea. And if I come back to it, great. And if I don't, great. It doesn't really matter. So yeah, just going to continue on in that spirit. Sounds good. How are you going to improve your health or movement results in 2018? Or you mean what major effort? Because there's a lot of things I do to improve it. But I was going to start dance classes again. Ooh, what kind? Oh, all sorts like African dance and hip hop. And I just, I used to love to take dance classes like before I had kids or got married and it was so much fun. I'm going to go back to doing that again. How about you? What major effort are you planning? To reduce my travel and air travel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why? Well, well I, I know exactly and not just for that reason I, I've been reading a lot of Wendell Berry and there's this, this great quote and it's like the the sentiment is don't travel until you've slept under every single tree at your own house mm. so I just like the spirit of that going oh yeah there's so much like it's not it's not really necessary to kind of like look at some of the stuff that I do. Okay, what am I intending to do here? How can I do that same thing where I am? So a lot of the changes that my social media break had me begin, I'm still working through a lot of those. And one of those is doing more locally. And I could set up locally. Mm -hmm. It could be even USA being local compared to traveling all over the globe all the time. I still will keep my obligations that are to different countries, but to not like be striving for that instead to being more of an internaut than a astronaut, you know, so how how can, how can it, so it's the same level. It's the same amount of work. It's really the same amount of reach. It's just that the distribution of that reach is a little bit different. So reducing my air travel is the easiest way to sum that up. Cool. What are you trying to complete in 2018 or what would you be happy to complete? Just lots of camping, hmm. lots of camping trips. That would make me really happy. Well, we'll come, out, we'll come out to you and maybe do one oh, this year. Good. I know you wanted to hike a mountain last year. You're going to start doing some of your mountain ranges. So maybe we'll camp and hike. Yes, we could do, do a 14er. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. For me, just again, more of my own food production, participating less in the current food system, you know, that has elements that... I would like to see change, so then I'm just changing how I do it, but just to to ramp that up 
even more mm-hmm. by traveling less as being a part of it. What indulgence uh, easy. are you going to experience? What are you willing to do? What am I willing to do? I'm willing to spend money on massages and some oh. facials. Yeah. We, you and I are so close in that state. Like, so for me, it's sauna. Yeah. Oh, are you going to get a sauna? My, my husband found one for me for Christmas on Craigslist. Someone had built oh, a wooden my God. sauna, and so they were selling it. And so we went and picked it up on a tiny little thing. So now I have uh, – yeah, it's great. So I'm trying to make it like a awesome. community space so it's not just – Mm-hmm. heat for one you know just i was like let's create some sort of like full moon red tent 20 mile conclusion Ooh. ceremony and just have it on rotation so that a lot of people can be well in that space that's fun yeah Ooh, have fun with that yeah what most what would you like to most change about your health in 2018 this sounds really weird but like just be alone more Um, I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm good with people, but I really need to retreat and just kind of reset. And, you know, I've kind of been homeschooling my kids and now I'm working around a hundred kids a day plus, you know, 30 staff. And I just kind of need to withdraw and be alone a little bit more. It's like, you know, not just my early morning walks, but just like go do stuff by myself, I think would help reset me a little bit. So I'm going to focus on that. How about you? What are you going to change about? What would you most like to change about your health? Well, so I'm I'm always trying to pursue non-exercise ways of getting in those same movements that we pursue through exercise, and then also trying to get that full spectrum of nutritious movement. So for me, the part that I haven't figured out how to get in a non-exercise fashion is that that 20 minutes of intensity, you know, where it's up like 75 or 85 percent. If I had more hills around me, you know, where I could get to that easily, like for me right now, I'd have to definitely do it in the form of exercise. So just trying to figure that out and pursue that, that's like, if I was looking at my diet, that would be one of the biggest holes that and like, like jumping, like power jumping. Mm. Those two would be like the deficits that I would see the most. I, I don't see them because of the stage in my life of where I am right now. Like I'm okay. I, I imagine that nutrients are cyclic to a person, as I've said before, within a year, within a lifetime. So I'm just, I'm just looking though at, at how I can get more of that. Cause I used to get it hauling my kids or things, but they're now, now they just oh, can yeah. move on their own now. So then I'm like, yeah. Oh, now I'm going to have to you know, so so that's part of growing our own food is like, okay, well, then I've been dipping my toes into permaculture. It's like, okay, well, we need to get this food forest started. And once I have more labor built back in, which also not writing a book this year will help with, then I should mm-hmm. be back up to getting it just through hauling and digging and cutting and, and stuff like that. Awesome. So, so yeah, but it'd be nice to find a way to get it more regularly too. But then I guess it's like, well, then just go out and labor more regularly, problem solve, stop being so lazy, Katie. <laughs> okay. So for me, what am I looking forward to learning in 2018 was how to be alone more. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting. It's very similar to your answer above because there is this very large community. I, I, I think that it's kind of like, what's the roomy poem, uh, a universe and a raindrop but also a drop in the universe, a universe and a drop. That's what it is. So I think that with within a community, like definitely being present within a larger group of people and having a role is great. But 
at the same time, you have a community of, of needs like within yourself, many things. And so I think that there's definite alone time to get to that. My problem is, is I mistake the time I send everyone away to get my work done as my alone time. And it isn't. Mm. No, I I do the same thing. Well, it's because there's a limit. Like I, there's too much going on in my life for me to be well at the level that I'd like to be. Well, I have to let some things go, letting some things go in 2018, 2019, 2020 is definitely on my radar of going, Oh, there, I don't have the capacity to do this without letting other things go. So for a very long time as a, you know, working mother of two children trying to, you know, be a full-time parent and also busting out, you know, like 80 hours a week. My alone time is just my hyper-productive stress work time. And then there's no, and I'm not paying attention to myself during that time because most of my work involves meeting the needs of a hundred thousand other people. So it's, it's literally my alone time is waiting through other people's needs. So I was like, okay, so the sauna is definitely like I read this really great sci-fi book one time about two twins. It doesn't really matter. It just it matters that like when I go into the sauna, <laughs> I just talk about sci-fi books all the time. When I go into that space, it's very stacked because it is non-work, alone time. It's creating movement like passively. So I'm I'm like trying to to build that into my regular day. So we should go hang out and be alone. Yeah. <laughs> and not do stuff. No. What are you going to learn? What am I look, looking forward to learning? Well, whether we like it or not, we age and our bodies don't always follow our input or our wishes. I think I'm just kind of looking forward to being present and accepting during that journey. Like, you know, finding things out about my health, like what diverticulitis? It's like, well, okay, I did all the input and you know, my wishes and it doesn't always do that. And sometimes you just kind of got to be Hakuna Matata about it and just be like, okay, let's, let's go on this ride. I'm looking forward to that presence and acceptance of that journey. Biggest risk. What's your biggest risk for 2018? Oh, okay. So I'm going to get back on this longboard. I used to be a skater chick when I was in high school (laughs) and I bought a longboard this summer off Craigslist because I'm like, that looks like fun. (laughs) And I took off and got going so fast. Those things are fast. And I wiped out, I flew into the air like a starfish and wiped out pretty good. And I have not gotten back on it since, only for a little short ride. So I think I would like to get back on that longboard mm-hmm. start maybe with some, maybe with some elbow pads. All right. When I hear longboard, I hear surfboard. <laughs> oh, no. So how about you? What do you think your biggest health risk I couldn't will be? think of anything because I was just like, hmm. what, what is actually, like, I can't think of like I'm doing anything that's even possibly risky. I don't know. That's a dud answer. That's okay. Sorry, that's like a snake. They don't all ha- they don't all have to be winners. That's like a snake in a in a fireworks box. It just goes like Psh. okay. Some people have a lot of fun with those. That's games. true. I actually love snakes. <laughs> I feel I feel really comfortable around snakes. Oh, I think probably my biggest health risk will be speaking more clearly about what I mean like by my own work. I think it's risky in that it's challenging. It's challenging to present some of this material. And so the risk, I mean, it's like not really a true physical harm risk, but the risk is creating discomfort in others, which is a space I'm not super comfortable. You know, I want everyone to feel good and comfortable and positive, but I just don't think it's realistic. 
Mm, that's true. Challenging a lot of people to think and, and move differently. So just being more okay with other people's own personal journeys and how they relate yeah. to mine. Um, okay. What are you most committed to changing and improving in 2018? Uh, increasing my muscle mass and stamina, Ooh. you know, like more hills and more muscle mass. How about you? More self-care, which is a mountain in itself for me. Mm-hmm. What underdeveloped talent are you willing, planning to explore this upcoming year? Well, still juggling, still want to juggle more than two balls. <laughs> and, um, and I would like to learn how to rollerblade. Oh, well, that's risky behavior right yeah, there, right? I was, I was at Venice Beach last week and I'm like, that looks like fun. So I want to, I want to try that. Well, the guy, Jason Lewis, who went around the world, part of it was rollerblading. Mm. So you guys should talk. Maybe he's got some tips. Yeah, don't fall. Oh. Right. For me, I don't think it's a talent, but one of the pursuances, <clears throat> especially how it relates, I think, to my health, is to dig into my ancestry mm. a little bit. I just posted this on my Instagram, but quickly I was reading that eco-based cultures can recite like up to 500 years of their ancestry. And wow, I know, and that skill, right? You know, especially when you're not written based, if you're, I don't know if that's the right word, but like a verbal based, a story right. based, you, you force yourself to hold a lot more content versus kind of outsourcing it to paper to use as a reference. Mm-hmm. It, but it also is a skill that like connects you to many others before you, which also maybe sets you up for the fact that many come after you. So there, it's a way of being able to live and treat the land that you live on because it's come from others as a gift and basically you're gifting it forward. So it just has some role in sustainability, I think, as well as stress and patterns of behavior. So I sat down to do it and I was like totally stomped on on some of my branches. Oh, gosh, like, yeah. Some of my branches, I could go back two generations, some of my branches, maybe, maybe four. And then I was like, this doesn't even like it matter. Like, you know, people like where, as I'm trying to talk about land-based movements and, and, and human behavior, it's like, I can start with just knowing my own kind of root system, if you will. And it's been very, it's been very interesting and to find out that a lot of people use that as a, as a tool to kind of through like better understanding. And so it's been fun to do with the kids and, and also to recognize like, wow, I have, I have some family trees, but it was all the patriarchal lines. The, like the matriarchal lines are almost Mm -hmm. completely gone except for I'm the firstborn girl to a firstborn girl six times on one of my lines. And it's so interesting on that line. I only have the matriarchal line the matriarchal line was the one that was preserved culturally and through stories and so just exploring those phenomenon and in being in New Zealand for a time the Maori have like a like a it's called like a whakipapa tradition which is really understanding their ancestry and taking that back to really the the plants and animals that superseded them and all the way to the universe and the stars and I was just like that's a really interesting it's just interesting for me to recognize that I don't know very much that, that culturally this is not very important or in recent times hasn't become very important. So after writing dynamic aging and thinking about elders and again, just how people move over the land and what their experiences were like, I thought, well, this would be a good way 
Mm-hmm. to supplement other books that I'm reading that aren't about me or whatever. So, okay. What brings you joy and health? How are you going to have more of that in 2018? Hiking and camping, baby. Oh, yeah. All right. So How thing. about you? A long time. A long time. It's pretty great. Well, and actually I would, I would like to, to backpack alone. Like I would like to, Yeah. I, that sounds really fun to me. This summer, a girlfriend and I just did like a mom's, camping night out and we just took Mm -hmm. ourselves and we just it was the best thing to like set up your own tent for your own space and we made an awesome dinner and we went on a night hike and so I wasn't that's a good idea yeah so I wasn't alone I didn't have that discomfort that maybe people have maybe about going out into the wilderness alone but at the same time it was way less required of me and oh I was like why don't we do that three or four times a year so definitely yeah, a good idea. coming up cool. and it was just take care of yourself just like we weren't trying to do everything together it's just that we wanted to go have this experience we just kind of had backup with each other yeah that's cool it's a good way to do it so what brings you joy and health or how are you going to have more of that in 2018 a long time that was my lo- that was, a long it? time oh, was it. Yeah, yeah 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 no the question that you want to be asking is other than yourself, who are you most committed uh-huh. to loving or serving in 2018? And, and listening to you, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, my little family, always. But I'm also trying to ever be open-hearted with the people who annoy me or whose behavior baffles me. So I'm trying to like fill that gap with better thoughts and and not ascribe ill intentions when people when it when it seems like there might be. Always trying to be more open-hearted. How about you? My local community. Local, like within 60 miles local. Mm. So just bring doing the thing that I normally do instead of always doing it on such a huge scale, really scaling it down to effective, you know, effectively reach the same number of people, but just in a, a more local area. And that also the, all the work that I do, which is some of this nutritious movement and then just some of what I do as a non-nutritious movement, Katie Bowman, which is also a very large part of who I am. Mm-hmm. All right, single word time. I struggled with this one. One word that you would like to have as your health movement theme in 2018. And before you do, I pulled up last year's word. Oh gosh, did you? I did. <laughs> so I just want to see for the both of us if we felt that last year's words sum this up. So are you ready for your word for 2008 for 2017? Yeah. You said it would be dynamic. Oh, okay. It definitely was. All right. Oh my gosh. Right. Wow. I know. Like the, yeah. Good for you. What was your word? Mine was low tech and it totally was. It was, it was definitely a low tech year with the, with the exception of a hundred thousand miles flown all over the planet with the exception of the aviation industry. It was low tech. Wow. Good for us. I thought so. I thought so. But oh, then that's it, awesome. it made more pressure to come up with the word because I did not have a word that was right. I had to go for a hyphenated word. That's okay. That's okay. Do you, do you want me to share my word first? I'll do what I'll do mine first and then you do yours. Okay. So you can end that with your good. word. Are you ready? Okay. Mine this year is land based. Land beast. La- <laughs> yes. It's land beast. Like, no, it's not land beast. Land based. <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. Carry on. Thanks for ruining it though. Thanks for ruining it. Because land beast would have been such a better word for my health and movement this year. And it could really, land based could be land beast. So tell me for you what land based means. 
I don't, I don't really know except that how I'm going to approach this year is like through this idea that I am a land-based creature. Like just to keep saying that, like I'm not a podcaster. I mean, I am also behaving this way, but I am a land-based culture and I and I want this year to be able to embody that a little bit more. That's pretty cool. Than previous years. All right, land beast, what are you going to do? <laughs> this one was actually easy for me and it's always kind of a struggle, but it was easy. Escapade. Yes. Yes, I knew you were going to do that. So that's why I paused to give you a chance to do your Janet Jackson. Thanks, thanks for letting me sing. Sure thing. We all appreciate it because it's like an it's like a freewheeling escape adventure. And so that's kind of like I interpret my being outside, doing things like getting on that longboard skateboard and being alone. Just all of all of that together just seems like an escapade. We'll have a good time. I know. And like you're not going to go buy an escapade, right? Like you're going to just That's an escalade. That's an escalade. Oh. <laughs> No, I'm going. I would totally buy one if it was an escapade. You would, but if it's an escalade, I'm out. Yeah, I don't even know what that word means, but escapade, I've got. All right, all right, right. a land beast. Well, okay. I want to say that these questions were compliments of Robin Blanc Mascari. She loves hearing how these questions are used. So if you want to, you can find them in the show notes. So if you go to the website Nutritious Movement and go down to podcast, you can actually just drop down on the menu to show notes. You can find these questions, cut and paste, create your own answers. And if you publish it, you can go ahead and email them to her at rbmascari at mac.com. She likes to hear how people use them and see what answers they come up with. And Danny, I miss you. Thank I you so much you. for coming on today. Yes, this was fun. It's good. We, it we need fun. to do this every year. We will. We need to do that. Yes, because this is it's become a source of focus for me. Yeah. These questions. And it's stacked, right? Like you can focus on yourself, but it turns into something that maybe other people can use, a bit of entertainment, and then also work for both of us. Right. Okay, we'll see you again on the show. Yes. You are not gone, not forgotten. You're just working that too fast. Yeah. I'm looking forward to your new podcast adventures. It sounds like it's going to be very interesting. It will. Yeah. Okay, friends. All right, dear. Have a good 2018 for the beginning of it. All right. For more information, you can check out nutritiousmovement.com. Sign up for my information-packed newsletters. You can learn something new about movement most days by checking in on my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Just search Nutritious Movement. If you have a question for a future episode, email podcast at nutritiousmovement.com. And on behalf of everyone at Katie Says, the new Move Your DNA podcast and Nutritious Movement, thank you for listening. We appreciate your support. See you later. Goodbye. Hopefully you find the general information in this podcast informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and should not be used as such.